Good Monday morning to you. Today is Monday, February 1st. Oh my goodness, we're already into February. What happened to January? <laughs> we enjoyed a great weekend together. I hope you did as well. Kahori and I had opportunity to see our daughters. That was really great part of our weekend and got to see them for dinner on Saturday night. Um, well, it was good starting the weekend off in a way on Friday morning with uh, Jeremy's testimony. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for sharing your testimony on Friday morning. Did a project on Friday. I love to do a project around the house. And then, of course, on Sunday morning, we had great fellowship together. I was encouraged by everyone. I was encouraged by the uh, <clears throat> child dedication of the Gruss family. I was encouraged by the interview that we had with Burke and Jen during the sermon and just being together with people. Um, it was a good weekend, a really good weekend. So today we're starting off the week, Monday morning, once again in the book of Colossians, this time Colossians 1.18. I'm only going to cover one verse today, just one verse. I know I'm going very slow, but you know what? The Bible is so good that sometimes we just have to slow down and go verse by verse, so literally verse by verse this morning. And the topic is that Jesus is Lord of the church, Lord over the church. And I just love this verse in Colossians 1.18 where it says, And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. Again, this whole section from verse 15 through verse 20 is Paul just powerfully declaring that Jesus is God, that He is full of the deity of God, and, and in different ways He's showing it and proving it and ex explaining it and exclaiming it. And uh, here He's using this idea that Jesus is the head of the church to show that He is indeed uh, the Lord God Almighty. Well, the word head of the body means three things. Uh, it's a really, it's a, it's a word that's just power-packed with meaning. It means three things, source and leader and authority. Source and leader and authority. Jesus is all of those things over the church. So first of all, he's the source of the church. Um, well, right, he started it. When he called his 12 disciples, really, in a sense, that's the beginning of the church. As he's walking around uh, Israel, walking around Jerusalem, and his 12 disciples are following him around, and they become the core, right? Uh, and then after Jesus dies and then resurrects, those 12 disciples go out and they plant churches and their leaders and their preaching. And so... So really, Jesus is the source of the church, right? Indeed. Um, and then, not only is He the source of the church in the sense that He started it, but He's the source of the church in the sense that He, he gives people uh, gifts now, right? So He's the head, and we're the body, and we're gifted as the members of the body to do our part, the hands, the feet, the arms, whatever, Without the head, without the brain, none of it works. And so we have lots of Bible verses about Jesus being the head who gives gifts, like Ephesians 4, 8, which says he, he gave gifts to men. And then, of course, uh, 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is a great chapter in the Bible on, on spiritual gifts. It says in verse 7, Now to each one, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's talking about spiritual gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit, spiritual gifts. Uh, the point is that Jesus is the source of all of our gifts. They come from Him. You don't have a gift uh, that didn't come from Jesus. That's the point. He's the one who's distributed to them, given them, handed them out. And then secondly, Jesus is the leader of the church. First, he's the source. Secondly, he's the leader, uh, and he leads by example. And I love First um, Peter on this. First Peter 2.21 talks about Jesus as the example. It says, To this you are called... Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. That is an example of suffering, an example of sacrificing. I talked about this in my sermon yesterday for, for, the, for the husbands. You're supposed to follow Jesus' example, right? That you should follow in His steps, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. So Jesus doesn't just tell us what to do. Jesus leads by example. Um, I love how when we read the New Testament, we see Jesus teaching, we see Him preaching, we see Him healing, we see Him helping, we see Him loving. You just go back to the Gospels, right, and just read the Gospels again and again and again, and you'll see Jesus and His example uh, to men and women, boys and girls, just an example of what it means to be a part of the church. Uh, and now, of course, He leads us as the head of the body through His Spirit, he guides us through His Spirit. He, he's left His Spirit on earth that His Spirit might guide the church spiritually. So even now, uh, Jesus is at His work uh, leading the church. So He's the source of the church. He leads the church. And then thirdly, He's the authority over the church. There's no, there's no other more important human authority over the church than Jesus. Jesus is the authority in fact, if we go, to, go back to our main text in verse 18, where we read, and, and He is the head of the body of the church, He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. And let me highlight those two words there in relationship to His authority. He's the beginning. Well, uh, we know from John chapter 1 that He's really from the beginning, right? Uh, existent from eternity past, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Twice it says, in the beginning. Right? So this really points to, it really points to His authority um, uh, as well as His deity. And then uh, Paul uses the word firstborn again. Remember, he used the word firstborn in verse 15. And here he says that Jesus is the firstborn from among the dead. Um, earlier he said he was firstborn over all creation. Now he's saying he's firstborn among the dead. What does that mean? Well, that, that's referring to his resurrection. Uh, but again, remember that firstborn doesn't necessarily mean first, uh, the first one to have done that, because actually he was not the first one to, has, to have resurrected. Remember that Jesus himself resurrected three people before he died. Uh, if you recall, he uh, resurrected 
three people from the dead. He resurrected the daughter of Jairus in Mark chapter 5. He resurrected uh, the son of the widow of Nain in Luke chapter 7. And of course, he resurrected Lazarus in John chapter 11. Right? So firstborn uh, here doesn't mean that he was the first to be resurrected, but firstborn here means that he was the most important or the highest in rank in terms of his resurrection. Uh, and, and what we see is that Jesus' resurrection set the standard for all resurrections to come after his. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when he resurrected the other three that I just mentioned in the New Testament, uh, those people were resurrected physically. Uh, but when Jesus resurrected, he resurrected physically and then eternally unto eternal life. The three that he resurrected, not necessarily. Now, if they took faith in Jesus, of course, later on when they died a second time, they would then resurrect by faith. But Jesus sets Jesus's resurrection sets the standard. It is he is the firstborn of, among the dead, setting the standard for a resurrection that's not just physical, but a resurrection that is unto eternal life. Okay, are you with me? Uh, and so now, all of us who follow after him by faith, when we die, one day we will our bodies will be resurrected, but not just physically, but unto eternity. You see, and so Jesus is the firstborn among the dead, the most important among the dead, okay? The most important uh, to be resurrected. This is, uh, this is powerful words that Paul is using. That Jesus is the head of the body. He's the source, he's the leader, and he's the authority over the church. And by the way, when we think about that, when we think about his being the head of the body, the church, this is both the church universal, that is, every Christian that has ever lived, every Christian that has ever taken faith in Christ is a part of the church universal all around the globe. And we also think in particular about the church local, because actually this letter was written to the church local. It was written to the church in Colossae, to the Christians, to the, to the Colossian Christians. Right? So Jesus is the head over both church universal and the church local. Uh, and that reminds us again, doesn't it, that He is, that he is uh, the Lord God. Because you can't be the church over millions and billions of, or you can't be the, the, the Lord over millions and billions of people without being God. It's impossible. And then that gives Him the supremacy as we see at the end of verse 18. And Paul th throws this word in here at the end of this verse. Maybe your version says... Um, to have preeminence, sorry, kind of hard to spit that one out, uh, that he might have the supremacy or the preeminence. This is a very special word, actually. This word here for supremacy or preeminence uh, in the Greek is um, uh, protuo, protuo. And it's only used once in the New Testament, only once. Right here, protuo, just once, and it means supremacy. To be, it's a it's a verb of being. To be first is what it means, really. Uh, and uh, Paul kind of whips this word out. It's a rare word, but a very important and special word that would have communicated to his listeners right away of how how important 
Jesus' uh, supremacy was. It actually comes from the word protos, the noun protos in the Greek. And the noun protos has uh, three aspects, space, time, and rank. Let me explain. So, first of all, it means to be first in space, that is, in, spatially. Okay, so if you're lining up, if you're queuing up in a line, the person who's first in line would be protos. Okay, or maybe you're standing like an, a choir stands and you get to stand in the front row. You'd be in the protos row, right? So it's first spatially. So, and then secondly, protos can be used in time. So the first person to do something. Like I already said, Jesus was in the beginning from time, eternity, past. Okay, so spatially, and then secondly in time, and then third in rank, right? So like a king or like a president, first in rank. And so this word protos uh, was a very common word, and it always meant first, but in these different ways. And so now apply that to the verb in this, in this verse, uh, protuo. Protos then, right, is the base of the word, the verb protuo. Uh, and so this is how we get this idea of supremacy. So he's first, he's first <laughs> spatially in and in time and in rank, right? He's first in line, <laughs> right? And he's the, uh, he's the first to do something and he's the highest rank. And so in all these ways, all these aspects, that word supremacy is very special. That Jesus has all the supremacy. And again, his supremacy over the church, universal, with millions and even billions of people, shows that he must be God, because only God can be the head of so many people. Amen? And I'm glad that God is the head of our church, that Jesus is the head of our church, uh, because if Jesus doesn't remain the head of our church, then we just become a man-centered organization. And we don't want to be that. We want to be... Uh, that beautiful church that follows God, that follows Jesus. And I love, and I'll just finish with this, Revelation eleven fifteen. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. All praise to Jesus. Amen. Let's, let's think about that today, this Monday morning, the first day of the month. Let's think about the supremacy of Jesus over the church and thereby the Lord God Almighty. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can praise and worship and honor and exalt the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, we say, God. Thank you. Praise to you, God, because you've given us Jesus, Lord of all the one who is supreme. And Lord, we want him to be supreme of our hearts as well. And so we ask for this grace today. And I pray that you would be with each one of my friends and, and church family members today and that you would just give them strength in all that you're calling them to do. Lord, and give them peace, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day, and I will see you back here tomorrow morning at 7.30.